0: If you don't show anybody, when I'm inside, I get to see those things. I feel them. These girls were kidnapped, tortured, and murdered. Our killer is a white male, about 30 years old. Oh, Rudolph Starter once had the house under surveillance for about 20 minutes. He keeps them in this thing for about 40 hours. And after 40 hours, the water starts. And it doesn't stop. There is a girl that is missing. Her name is Julia Hickson. He is the only one that knows where she is. If he was conscious, do you think that he would... You, where she is. Are you sure? I'm sure. You bring in this monster, and you're asking her to go into that mine. Where is Julia Hicks? No. very deep into his world so she's made contact she's lost she thinks this is real i'm going in to get her hello everybody and welcome once again to Geek fest France my name is Carlos Peron and today we are going to be talking about dreams specifically, Films that have to do with being able to control your dreams. We are going to talk about some recent movies and some not so recent movies. And specifically one movie that I bet you a lot of people have never seen before. The granddaddy of the probably the best ones so far is Inception. You know, Christopher Nolan's Inception. But there are two other ones. If you go way, 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 way back to the 80s, you have Dreamscape a somewhat cheesy (laughs) version of the uh, being able to control your dreams scenario, but it's still kind of good. And for the time, it was pretty good. And then we're going to talk about The Cell. Again, this not very well-known crime thriller that, once again, has this connection about being able to go into people's dreams and control them. Recently watched this one, and it's just as good or even better. It's a very underappreciated artsy kind of film in my opinion then we're going to switch gears when we talk about our collectibles and we're going to be dealing with force friday that recently just happened again this is the time where they unleashed all these new star wars toys because of the upcoming film you know we have the last jedi coming up at the end of the year and what they've been doing lately is they've been having the force fridays take place in september To kind of give you a peek, kind of, of what's coming, you know, from that particular line. Now, don't get me wrong, we still have more coming, you know, probably in November, right before Christmas. Because, you know, they they always like to do another big pre-Christmas push, you know, of toys. But let's go over, you know, the type of stuff that's out there right now that we've been kind of hunting through all these different stores. And our successes and our failures (laughs) of what we found. So it's a a pretty good uh, amount of stuff uh, that I've seen uh, so far. So let's get started with our dream control segment. What did I teach you? You are the Duke of New York. You're a number one. You will not laugh. You will not cry. You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. Can you dig it? Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. That's Horn of Satan. <laughs> oh. Really? The Force will be with you, always. For today's film segment, we are going to examine a certain genre, if you will. It's a very small genre of filmmaking. And what I'm talking about is a specific theme, and that is being able to control your dreams. Films that deal with... Characters that have the ability to control not only their dreams, but other people's dreams. Now the way that I'm approaching the subject is more from a Science fiction-y kind of scientific angle In other words, there are many films that could kind of hop in and out of this Subject of this genre for example, the most obvious is Nightmare on Elm Street with that type of a film you're more in the horror genre and the Science, if you will, of how the character is able to tap into other people's dreams is basically supernatural in terms of it just happens. You don't really need an explanation. You just know that this particular bad guy has that particular power. And he will, you know, wreak havoc on everybody based on that power. The ones that I'm talking about are more than the scientific ones. And there's three films we're going to be talking about today. And that is one of them is The Cell. The other one is Dreamscape. And the other one is Inception. All these films came out pretty much, you know, wide apart from each other. Dreamscape came out in 1984. The Cell came out in 2000. And Inception in 2010. These are technically very different films in terms of, the, you know, the, the style and the manner they were done. You know, completely different directors with completely different perspectives of it. But the cool thing about these three films is that they all use some kind of science. They do back up their, their story with some kind of a scientific reason for it happening. The first one I'm going to talk about is I'm going to hit the middle one, The Cell. And the reason was, recently I, I've been showing my son... You know, a lot of different types of movies, and to me, The Cell was a movie that came out definitely way after (laughs) Silence of the Lambs, but it does seem to have, to me at least, a sense of artistic and... Just dread in terms of your bad guy, your serial killer bad guy. That reminded me a lot of Silence of the Lambs. The art direction, the the way that things are done. Granted, this film is way, 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 way more artistically driven than Silence of the Lambs. But there was some kind of connection that I somehow made uh, with that movie. Now, The Cell, uh, if you guys don't remember, or if you haven't seen it. And again, we're going to do spoilers plenty uh, on this segment. Is a... Kind of like a psychological thriller, if you will. And what's cool about it is that you don't understand the connections until you're like maybe a quarter into the film. You know, you have to be a little bit into it to realize where the connection is between these two different stories that are being told. On one hand, you're being told a story about a woman who's doing what appears to be uh, medical work having to do with dreams. This little boy is having these horrible dreams and she's been kind of treating him, you know, apparently for a long time. And the parents are kind of like, Tired of the treatment and they don't think it's working and she seems to be getting closer and closer to whatever the problem it is with this boy. The audience sees her trips into the boy's mind, which is what's happening. She has the ability, not by a supernatural nature, but just by science. There's a sign, you know, they have a machine, that they can hook them up, they both hook them up, they monitor their signs, and she is able to, you know... By the (laughs) MacGuffin (laughs) of the film uh, to be able to transport herself into his dreams and try to work with him. She's kind of like a therapist problem being is that the person's dreams you enter you're at the mercy of their world so you kind of have to kind of stand up to the weird things that that person might be throwing at you in this case it's a child so it's not really that crazy bad so we kind of get to know her and her problems with you know the parents don't want to keep going and she's getting upset and you know the research team once you know is is behind her but you know at the same time they're kind of losing faith you know the the parents are losing faith in her and then you're being told at the same same time, another story of this guy who is basically a serial killer. Now, at first, you have your doctor who's doing the research uh, work b- played by Jennifer Lopez. This is one of her probably early, early on uh, film roles that she had. And the serial killer is played by Vincent D'Onofrio, who's, again, one of my favorite actors. He is just a, a man-man in terms of the type of roles he plays and how he gets into these roles. This one is probably... One of his top five, I would say. You know, you have your your private pile <laughs> from Full Metal Jacket. The kingpin in Daredevil, he's awesome. This movie, he's great at it. He's done some bad roles too. Don't get me wrong. He kind of he kind of phones it in every now and then. But these are some of the best ones. And here he plays a serial killer who's has a history of of being abused as a child and mainly because of his upbringing and and because of his abuse, you know, from his father, he now is a full-blown serial killer. And he just plays it so creepily weird. But we only get to see him as he is capturing and doing these weird, weird, weird things with these women that he's capturing and eventually killing. So we also have Vince Vaughn as the lead cop investigator who's chasing this guy and Jake Weber, who's been in just about every other television show and a couple of movies here and there as his kind of like his sidekick tracking this killer. So they get to a point in the movie, and again, this is kind of like you're watching two stories at the same time. You get to the point in the movie where... They seem to have enough clues as to where this guy is going and where he's going to be next and where they're going to get him, and they realize and they find it. And because of some uh, hair that they find that is, belongs to his dog, and the dog is so rare because he's kind of like an albino shepherd or something like that, they figure out where he is, and they come and get him. But the guy, as he's going through these uh, <laughs> murders, he's also having these seizures. He's having some kind of brain problems, and he's taking these pills. Well, by the time they finally find him, he's already suffered some kind of a seizure that basically puts him into a coma. So now the problem is they have a victim that he has already kidnapped, and that person is most likely gonna be dead pretty soon because of these drowning rooms that he puts them in to drown them. And they kinda know that in a couple of hours that person is probably gonna drown. And they really can't figure out, you know, how, how are they going to find where this place is? And that kind of is where your link is. A doctor suggests, hey, why don't you go talk to this lady in this special, you know, division. They're doing some research having to do with, you know, dreams and that sort of thing. And, you know, they're completely out of answer. So they just go to her and they say, you know what, let's give this a shot. And they all agree to do it. See if she can kind of enter his mind to find out where they're keeping this woman. So... Through the film, you get to experience these trips that she makes into his mind, into his world. And his world is this bizarre, surreal, nightmare world of his entire upbringing and his adulthood and, and everything that's led to him. And at one point, she even brings Vince Vaughn into it because he, she kind of needs help, because this guy is a monster. And the different interpretations of how he sees himself as a creature, as a god, as a, a really weird, weird thing. I mean, the art direction that I mentioned earlier, this is where the art direction goes kicks into full gear in this movie. It is just fantastic what they do with costumes and settings and images. It's just a very, very unusual thing to see in film, but it's perfect for this setting because it is a dream world that you're actually you know interacting in. You finally get to a point where they, you know, they finally do get the clue of where it is, you know, that he's keeping her, you know, to make a long story short. And then they are able to find her and they rescue her in the last minute. And part of the reason was but because instead of her going into his world, he allowed her him to come to her world. And that is kind of how she's able to figure out what he... You know, where to, to, in order to get more clues as to where he's keeping this this girl, and the movie ends, I believe, with with her. You know, the guy's dead. He's finally dead. He, you know, he has he has another seizure but they're able to get uh, the information out of him and they find the girl, rescue her, and she is kind of back to trying to help this young boy, you know, in a different manner here, you know, I believe she might at this point try out the opposite, which is what she did with the serial That that is let him come to her mind, which is something they, they were not wanting to try, you know, it's like the thing that we don't do this, and then they did it and it worked out fine. Again, this is a very good movie. I don't think it made a lot of money. I don't think it was very successful. I don't think you can consider it a hit. Uh, They apparently made a sequel, which might have been straight to video for all I know. Uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, I don't know much about it. I know that the director of this movie, he's an Indian director who had done a lot of music videos. He did the Losing My Religion REM video. He might have done some Madonna uh, videos here or there. And he's done some more movies afterwards, which I might have to try to track down to see if his style has carried on from year to year. But this, this is a very good movie. One of the things that I absolutely love about this movie is that the... Suits that they wear when they enter this world. In other words, they they have to be drugged. They have to be suspended. They suspend them in these wires in this room, this kind of darkish room. And the suits that they're being suspended by look almost identical to the Bram Stoker Dracula Count Vlad (laughs) Uh, red bat suits. You know, the armor, the, the Turkish armor that he's wearing in the beginning of the movie. It's almost exactly like that. And I wish I, again, I would have to research a little more about it to see if they did reuse those suits or if they did the the same person did them, but... I absolutely love them, and in the movie you have a whole bunch of them because you have the little boy wearing the suit at one point in her, and then it's the uh, it's Denofrio wearing one, her, and Vince Vaughn. He's the third person because when they introduce a third person into the, uh, it's also very 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 violent in terms of there's some images that are pretty pretty disturbing, and and this film you know it looks like it really rode the line, you know with, with a hard R in terms of, uh, I wonder if they had to delete certain things to, to get to an R rating <laughs> because, wow, some stuff is really strong. But it is really cool and how it displays that ability, being able to enter other people's dreams through a scientific manner. Now, the earlier film that is kinda in this wheelhouse is Dreamscape. Now, Dreamscape, if you guys remember, you might not, is, is a science fiction film. It's not so much a horror film. This is, you know, The Cell is more like a crime thriller. Dreamscape is more sci-fi thriller, and it stars Dennis Quaid, who uh, used to be a very big deal in the 80s and early 90s. It also stars Max Monsito, Christopher Plummer, Eddie Albert, and Kate Capshaw. And this is a story about a guy who used to work for possibly some government type of research group because he was considered to be psychic. He had the ability to you know, read other people's minds. But for whatever reasons, he kind of left the group and then went on his own. And he started uh, using his powers to kind of gamble and got involved with the mob. Owes the money. The mob is chasing him around because they want him to use them, you know, to, so he can make money for them. And he is kind of recruited once again by that previous group because you know they, they they have a project for him. They want to be involved in. What's apparently happening is that the you know the president of the United States is having these bad, really bad, bad apocalyptic dreams about the, uh, you know, nuclear war and this and that. So they're trying to treat him for that problem and they can't really figure out how how to help him and they want to bring him to this research group to see if they can help him because they've been doing work with dreams, you know, being able to affect people's dreams to, you know, maybe cure them of something. Problem is that in this film, you have uh, another sinister governmental group that is thinking of assassinating the president, and they want to do it through a dream. And the way that they're planning on doing it is by having another so-called psychic or another person that has similar abilities, including being able to enter somebody's dreams. Now, in this particular case, even though you're dealing in a scientific realm, they're able to kind of do it without too much gear, if you think about it, in this particular case. The guy can kind of sit next to him and kind of enter the person's mind and enter the person's dream without being plugged into any specific machine or anything like that, even though you do have a scientific background monitoring all this happening. Now... What's cool is that, uh, what they do is that the way that they kind of trick uh, or, or entice uh, Dennis Quaid's character into coming to the group and helping them out is because they say, well, if you're not going to do it, we're going to use so-and-so. And so-and-so, <laughs> which is the, the, the thug, the crazy psychotic thug that the bad guy has working for him, is played by David Patrick Kelly. David Patrick Kelly has <laughs> played a bad guy for a lot of movies in the 80s, and the most probably recognizable role that he had was he was the lead bad guy in The Warriors. He was the, you know, the warriors come out and play hey, that guy. That's him. So he plays the the other guy who has the same similar abilities. And he is very, very uh, violent and aggressive when he enters people's dreams. At a certain point, it turns into kind of like, a, okay, they're inside the president's dreams, used played by Eddie Albert, and they're kind of chasing the bad guy around and the bad guy's trying to kill the president and the bad guy's trying to kill the good guys and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the whole thing ends with they finally get ready. They kill the bad guy. They capture the guy in charge. President's okay. And you know the love interest, K Camp show. She you know she kind of falls in love with him, I guess, and that sort of thing. It's very eighties. The movie. It's 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 very dated, but it does have that special you know dream quality about it, where they are capable of entering a person's dreams and interacting with the imaginary things that are happening in the dream. The special effects are also a little dated. You know, this is a lot of uh, you know Matt. Paintings and blue screen <laughs> work, uh, stop motion work, you know, it's whatever it was around in the 80s. So it's not that great in terms of how good it looks, uh, but it is a good entry into this sort of a movie. Uh, what's also interesting about this movie is that it is the second film to have a PG 13 rating. Previous to this film, Red Dawn had gotten the first one. John Milius' Red Dawn. This is the second one, and if you guys Again, if you're old enough and remember or care, uh, the reason why PG-13 came about was because movies like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Gremlins, who were released as PG films, there was some kind of blowback because there were some violent scenes that people were a little rattled by. And Spielberg, you know, he kind of campaigned to have... Uh, the MPAA create a new rating to kind of help the audience out and to be able to categorize these films you know, without necessarily turning them into R-rated films. you know, Because you turn them R-rated, you're going to get less of an audience that it is, if it is PG. So they created this PG-13. And like I said, this is the second film to carry the PG-13 rating. Another thing that's uh, notable about this film, and this is something, since I've been doing these segments uh, recently about posters, this isn't a poster I'm going to own. <laughs> I'm not that crazy about it. But if you look at the poster... For Dreamscape, it looks like a Raiders of the Lost Ark movie. <laughs> they were trying so hard to tie it to some kind of an action y adventure thing, and it's not action adventure. It's sci fi, crime thriller, somewhat of an adventure. <laughs> but you can, it's so funny how they try so hard with the poster to, to make it look like something it's really not. But I do recommend, again, if you're into these type of movies, this is another one that you got to watch. And like I said before, there's so many other movies that deal with dreams. What Dreams May Come, The Matrix, you know, this, this alternate world, alternate reality type of scenarios. But these three films that we're talking about today are all linked by a very heavy, heavy, heavy technical sci-fi world. Now, the last one I'm going to talk about is Inception, which is probably the best of all of these films. It is a landmark for Christopher Nolan. You know, I'm a huge fan of Nolan. All the way back to Memento, which I still think it's just one of my top... You know, you have your genre films, and I and it's hard to kind of weave together serious films and genre films. You know, I, I hate to make, you know, lists of... These are my top three favorite films in the world. And it's hard, because... It depends on the genre, you know what I mean? It just depends on the genre. But for for movies that are non-sci-fi, if you will, heavy sci-fi fantasy, like a Star Wars, Star Trek, that sort of thing, you know, you could kind of lump Inception into it because it is a science fiction-y theme in terms of that kind of technology doesn't exist. So they kind of have to lump it into sci-fi. But it is more than just sci-fi. It's a straight serious film with a sci-fi edge to it. With Inception, you're dealing with a group now, a private group of people, which is apparently in the, you know in, in this particular year that they're dealing with, it is perfectly legal to hire these people for a corporate security by being able to protect yourself from other people who are doing this to you, uh, by you doing it to them before they do it to you and that kind of thing. With Inception, it deals with back and forth of, of all this stuff about stealing people's secrets. And there's a backstory having to do with somebody who died in the middle of this whole procedure of being able to tap into somebody's uh, dreams. And here you're also dealing with, you know, theft, being able to steal people's uh, secret codes and secret information, you know, through their dreams. And I'm not going to get deep into Inception in terms of the, the, the plot because it is a hard movie to kind of follow in terms of Inception is not a passive film. You want to see passive, you go see any Marvel film. Marvel films are popcorn films, you're there, just enjoy it and just let it kind of blanket you over with sensory overload. (laughs) Inception and many of uh, Nolan's films, you have to invest your brain into these things because you're having a lot of times you're being told a story uh, out of order in different time sequences and you have to kind of place things together as to where they fit. Inception had um, a lot <laughs> of super talented actors, some of them established already, some of them starting to peak at that time. Obviously, Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, he was a mega star already and he was just became even bigger. Ellen Page was kind of uh, up and coming and she was, you know, this gave her a boost. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, this put him on the map even more than before. Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy gets a huge boost here. He gets catapulted from kind of like a background player or a background actor, or a forgettable actor, into, a, into a, a leading man. After this, he started to get leading roles. Uh, uh, Cillian Murphy, another one of my favorite. Tom Berenger has a kind of like a cameo, a short role, which is kind of weird watching him return to, to films, you know, in, you know, big important films. Uh, Michael Caine, who seems to be uh, Nolan's uh, uh, ingenue. <laughs> He's in every one of his, uh, mostly every one of his films nowadays. The music was unbelievable. Hans Zimmer did a a tremendous job in this movie. The special effects are just ridiculous. The way that they manipulate scenery, cities, hotel rooms, houses. They just fold things and twist them and turn them and people are able to interact within them. And like I said, it's a smart story. You know, all these twists and turns, all these capers that they go through. It's almost like a Mission Impossible type of scenarios where they have to stage certain things so they can enter other people's mind and the adventures that they're having in people's minds are incredible they're so well uh, shot and so action-packed and because it's a dream you are able to do things you're never going to be doing in real life and again inception is the high benchmark not only for the theme not only for the the specific theme of movies that have to do with being able to enter people's dreams but just the craftsmanship that this movie contains it just completely blows you away i love these type of films i always look forward to nolan films christopher nolan films memento like i said before is one of my favorite overall films if you want to put him in the category of serious films like i was trying to say earlier it's probably one of my top five it's not a passive movie you have to think and memento Messes with your mind so much because you're trying to figure things out. The whole movie is being told in reverse, and even this movie, you're you're being told through several flashbacks here or there, uh, and you're trying to figure out: well, did this happen first or did that happen first, and what exactly happened? Because as the movie progresses, you're learning, you know, the 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 what is it about. DiCaprio's character that what is that thing that's haunting him that that something happened to his his love interest (laughs) a a while back that completely screwed him up and you kind of get to learn that throughout as you progress throughout the movie so. There you have three films you could watch. You might have seen some of them already. You, There might be one or two there that are completely brand new to you. Like I said before, there are many, many other films that kind of go into the realm of dreaming. It's just that a lot of times it's more supernatural. The act of entering the dream and being able to interact within that dream is not so much the lead of the story. You know, you have a movie like The Matrix, which involves... Not so much dreaming, but being in a <laughs> induced coma that enslaves mankind, basically, to be able to become docile and do whatever it is that these machines want you to do. That's heavy, heavy sci-fi, like way heavy sci-fi. These are a little more where you could kind of say, well, yeah, this could be scientifically possible in you know X amount of years. You know, you could kind of get into that point, as opposed to like I said before with like, like Nightmare on Elm Street and some of these other horror films where. You know, the bad guy knows your dreams or is able to enter your mind and mess with you. Okay, that's a little way, way out there because they do uh, take a different route to where you're going. All these films obviously are available on video. Uh, I'm sure Netflix has a couple of them. So yeah, give them a try. I'm pretty sure you won't be disappointed. You can collect them all. You are a toy! Batteries not included. Just get those wonderful toys? Details on specially marked packages at participating stores. Is that the six million dollar man's boss? It's Oscar Goldman. Why do you have that? That's worth a lot of money. That's much more valuable than Steve Austin. Action figures each sold separately. Hi, I'm Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. Some assembly required. All your favorite Star Wars heroes and villains. I have three of each. One to display, one to open, and one just in case. For a broader Star Wars collecting news, I want to talk a little bit about Force Friday 2. This is what took place a couple days ago. Force Friday, again, was the original one, is the one that they consider to be, you know, that Friday where they start previewing some of the toys for, you know, movies that are coming out having to do with Star Wars, obviously. And this happens usually around this time of the year, September. Now, granted, the movies do come out in December, but in September they start giving us the first wave, I guess, of toys that are related to that motion picture. We've participated in a number of those. Didn't do it back when the original ones took place, like, I think it was around the time of Revenge of the Sith, possibly. I believe they had one of the, I think they used to call them Midnight Madnesses, I could be wrong but i think that's what they were back then and most recently you know with the new disney films they had similar events for the force awakens and for rogue one i remember for the force awakens kyle and i went to a toys r us store nearby where they were having these uh, exclusive giveaways as you know part of the first group of people that would go in and i remember we got some i think it was like posters and some junk like that nothing's Too special. And it was a bit of a mad rush. You know, you go in there with everybody else and everybody's grabbing stuff left and right off the walls. And I remember I did grab a few things because, you know, when you line up at 11 o'clock at night waiting for midnight, you don't want to come out empty handed when it's all said and done. But it was kind of wacky the way that it was done. Now, for Rogue One, they didn't go that crazy. Maybe that was more of a Midnight Madness. I don't remember for sure. But I remember for that second one, we didn't do the the lineup outside Toys R Us version of this what we did was we went to our local Walmart that's only 5 minutes away at midnight and there was obviously nobody lining up because it's a 24-hour Walmart so we just walked in there with the with the famous you know nighttime <laughs> Walmart crew of people that visit that store at midnight which is a show on itself just the the midnight uh, Walmart people But we just went to the aisle and there had some Rogue One stuff. Not a lot, but a couple of things. And we grabbed a few things. No big deal. So this time around, Kyle is not here. He's in college now. So, you know, I knew that he was going to be going to Walmart or Target or Toys R Us, whatever he could find nearby with a friend from school. Uh, He wasn't going to go alone. (laughs) And originally, I didn't want to go. And I said, all right, what the heck, I'll go on my own here, you know, just nearby, the close, the one that's close. And, you know, at the same time as Kyle, so it's like, well, it'll be like kind of like we're both going, you know, at the same time, you know, two and a half hours away from each other. So I walked into my Walmart and I go to that section, it's midnight, and they had nothing. (laughs) they had absolutely nothing, Uh, well, that's not true, they did have, like, a Nerf gun, I think, (laughs) I think that's the only last Jedi item they put up, and I asked the guys, hey, aren't you supposed to be putting up all your, oh, yeah, well, the thing, uh, well, you know, there might be some stuff over here, and there was uh, something over there, they had nothing up, basically, and again, the Midnight Crew, they were clueless, (laughs) so I went home, pretty upset, nothing, you know, could not find anything, and the next day, you know, as I was going home, Kyle's texted me that he's found the things he was looking for because he ended up going to Target because he said, I think he said his Walmart didn't have anything either, but he had a pretty good score at Target. And he was looking specifically, he was looking for six-inch figures, Thrawn, Stormtrooper, and I think he was looking for... Her maybe he was looking for Hera I forget but his were specific uh, items that he was looking for and I really wasn't I just want to know what was out there I've seen some pictures so the pictures were starting to interest me but I wanted to see them myself but the following day I was able to stop at a Target nearby and there I scored some pretty good stuff stuff that I was looking for stuff that I wasn't looking for but Let me just go over what I found, and then I'll talk about the remainder of the stuff that's out there that's, you know, interesting. Some I'm still looking for, some I'm not. And let's just remember, my general rule is, if there's a lot of good stuff to buy, it's great, because there's a lot of good stuff to buy. And if there's not a lot of good stuff to buy, that's even better, because that means I don't have to spend money. And whatever collection I'm after, I'll be done after a very, you know, short amount of time. So, one of the things I picked up is a... I believe it's an 18-inch Petrarian Guard, which is these new characters from Last Jedi, which I'm going to talk about in detail in a few minutes. But it's about an 18-inch figure. I think it's uh, Pacific Jack who makes these extra super large figures. And uh, he is bigger than anything I've ever had before. And he is outrageously, ridiculously big. And it comes from this line. I think they make something like four different sizes. They make like a foot-long one, then the 18-inch one, and I, I... could be wrong but i think they, they for other figures they made even two more sizes one that's like about maybe two feet long or two and a half feet long and then one that's almost like four feet long four feet tall actually at this point they, they don't have those super gigantic ones out yet but i wouldn't be surprised if they start making them at some point because they made so many other ones but anyway the one i got is like i said the 18 inch one which is great he's wearing this red armor that is brand new for the film He's got this lance with a blade. He's got this super, super cool helmet that I absolutely love. I bought for my daughter, which she doesn't know yet, and hopefully she won't listen to this for a while, (laughs) because her birthday is this month. I bought her this new, let's see. They're called Porgs. They're supposed to be a big deal, I guess, in this new movie. It's the cute creature of of the movie, I guess. They're kind of like a combination of birds and penguins, a really cute looking thing, well, the one I got is the electronic one, the one that you press its stomach and it moves around and hops around and talks, I got her that one, that's about, I don't know, maybe about eight inches tall, then I got her a stuffed one, that's about a foot tall, which I guess maybe that's the real size it's supposed to be, and then I got her a Funko one, because she's been collecting all these little Funko figures with the big, you know, black eyes. So she's got one of each. And like I said, I'm saving those for her birthday. I also got a two-pack of Ray and the Petroian Guard, but it's wearing a different sort of helmet. From what I understand, the costume is the same, just different helmet, different weapon. And this is a two-pack three and three quarter inch. So that was my score in general of what I was able to get. But if you are into Star Wars <laughs> and you want to start forking down some serious dough, you have a lot of things to pick from. Disney stores and the Disney parks, they came out with these, and it's nothing new. They've had them already for the last uh, two movies. These heavy, heavy metal six-inch versions of the figures they've been putting out lately. But they're a little more expensive. They're about 25 26 bucks a pop. And they're the uh, Elite Series diecast action figures. In the past, these have been completely beautiful figures. Very heavy, sturdy. They're die-cast, obviously. But they've done an amazing job. Well, now they have a whole bunch of new ones. Ray, the new Luke, from, you know, with his new robes. The, all these new characters that are, you know, from this new film. In their new outfits, they do have a, another Elite Praetorian guard this one has a different helmet it has a helmet now this is something i'm going to talk about quite a bit because i'm slowly becoming obsessed with these i absolutely love armor that is red <laughs> red armor and i've talked about this when i did my bram Stoker's dacula and earlier you know on a piece that we did today about the movie The Cell, where they kind of reuse those costumes i think they reuse them they look almost exactly the same the style is identical from that particular designer that she uh, did, both Dracula and Cell. Uh, when you take armor, and armor in a way, it's supposed to look like scales, like scaled pieces of armor, you know, with your arms or your chest or your... Well, what they've done with these elite Praetorian Guards is they created these scaled arms to go along with the armor, and it's a progression, if you will, of the Royal Guard or the corsant special guards those ones that were all in blue that looked like they were wearing uh, like roman armor i mean obviously that's where they're coming from that then kind of evolved i guess into the, the red royal guards from the emperor well movie wise anyway the progression of that moves on to these type of characters now which again they're absolutely beautiful i think clone wars also had a jedi temple guard it wasn't exactly this type of thing. I mean, it was. It definitely wasn't red and it wasn't armor, but it had a mask and it it gave you that feel of these silent, deadly kind of warriors. But anyway, in this film, they're introducing a series of these guards that they seem to be, from what I gather so far, and I could be wrong, they seem to be all wearing the same type of uniform in terms of their armor. But their differences seem to take place in the helmet and the weapons they wield well here with the disney elite series you have a particular one now so far i've been able to see three different helmets there might be more that i haven't seen yet and you know once the movie comes out or we're getting closer to the movie we'll be able to see the differences but there seems to be three different versions the first version is the one that I got as the large figure. And I'm going to call that the flat, solid helmet, which is a very solid f- helmet. Slight little overlap between the cap part of the helmet and the visor part of the helmet. Kind of like, I would call it an eagle looking when it looks straight onto you. Okay, that's a, that's the standard one. Then you have one that seems to have an uh, that faceplate just like the other one, but the cap version is much bigger. It way, way overlaps down into, you know, the head structure. That one is the one that I got as a two-pack, three-and-three-quarter with Ray. Then, apparently, there's a third version floating around that I have to pinpoint exactly in what manner is going to be sold. I already seen it as a special, uh, I think it's a Bandai toy, so it's something coming from Japan, not your standard type of collecting item that I'm used to dealing with but the helmet is almost a reverse in terms of the cap is a normal size cap let's say of the helmet but the faceplate seems to be slightly higher than the cap giving it a slight underbite if you will (laughs) if the one I have has an overbite the one I'm talking about has an underbite so it seems to have almost like a reverse hook taking place with the helmet Again, I absolutely love that. It's so different. And they have all different types of weapons. So it's it's almost, I think, very also martial arts in terms of all these different blade and pikes and whips. You know, futuristic, obviously, you know, sci-fi, Star Wars-y type of stuff. But that's another one they have. There's a, what they call the First Order Executioner Trooper or the Judicial Trooper. And it's supposed to be, I guess, a trooper whose specialty is executing other troopers, possibly. That's what I'm kind of hearing. And he has this, what it basically amounts to an electronic axe, let's say, because it's a staff that he's holding with two sections. And then when he activates it, I guess there's like, an, like a lightning-y type of uh, electric part that completes the circle and becomes like an axe. And I guess that can go through armor or something. I don't know. But that's I think, I think that's the direction we're heading. Uh, Now, these are all, like I said, these are the die cast ones, which means that sooner or later, whatever you see in the die cast mode will come out as a six inch figure or they they might be rolling them out at the same time. Very dangerous (laughs) thing to collect, because as you guys remember, if you think of the six inch line in terms of. Okay, you have three and three quarter, then you have six inch. Well, three and three quarter is only three and three quarter. Six inch, you have two versions, the regular black series and the diecast Disney exclusive series. Regular black series, you might be paying about, I don't know, 18 to 20 bucks a pop. The Disney diecast, you're going to be paying 25, 26 bucks a pop. So those get to be a little expensive. But like I said, it is just a completely different animal. Those things just look so much better better the sculpt the paint apps the weathering they are amazing what they do with these things it's just ridiculous uh, while they do have also a Chewbacca with little porgs attached to you know uh, next to his feet so it comes with extra accessories the porgs are the accessories here there's a Finn dressed up as a first order officer there's a Poe Dameron in a kind of like a Han Solo-ish outfit if you will you know very dark Pallets, jacket, you know, it's not really a uniform. It's more of a relaxed outfit. Then you have a new uh, character named Rose, who is played by an Asian actress that might be important here. I think they're introducing a new character. And she seems to come with a BB-8 as an accessory. There's a C-3PO, Captain Phasma, which we've already gotten a Captain Phasma. So I don't know if they've done anything to make it any different. Uh, Hard to tell. There's the Supreme Leader Snoke. Now, this is a taller-than-average type of figure. Very thin, yellowish kind of robes, disfigured face. You know, we are, I guess, going to learn sooner or later what his deal is. They are a number of what you call the multi-pack figures, similar to what I got for the two-pack of Rey and the Elite Guard. Well, there's a couple of other multi-packs that are Rey, Luke, uh, Rose, and a trooper. Now, what the... <laughs> What you might call the gimmick of the week. They are rolling out this time around. a Something called a force link. Which when you get a figure close to this force link device. The figure will talk. You know the figure is not talking. It's the link device that talks. They've tried something like this. I remember back when the Phantom Menace came out. You would buy this separate item. And it would talk to you. They're kind of doing the same thing now. It's a different type of device. But one of the features of it is. That it will make your figure talk. And interact with other figures. And that sort of thing. So You know, that is definitely not why I would buy any of these. But it's it's just another gimmick. We'll see where they go with it. Or even if they continue it. You know, certain lights will light up. And they'll say certain things. And certain sound effects you'll hear. You know, everything specific per character. Now, these Force Link devices that you can buy separate. Some of them come with figures. So it's like a combo pack. You can buy them. This way you don't just have to buy it. You can get those figures. So there is a kit that has that... That first order executioner and a Petroleum Guard, which is like, I hope they, you know, they don't make these exclusives because if you're chasing those down, it's a bit of a pain in the butt. There's a Kylo Ren Force Link Starter Kit also, which is a Kylo Ren and the that handheld device that you put on your hand to make it talk. Now, there's a playset for three and three quarter figures. The playset, uh, when unassembled, it looks like BB 8. When you open it up, it gives you these little settings to interact with these characters. Now, this big set and it's expensive. It's a $200 playset. Playsets are very very rare. They only do them once in a very long time because they usually don't end up selling. They usually end up regretting playsets. <laughs> but they're doing it. This one comes with a force link attachment and two figures, another Petroleum guard and a snoke. Now, I know that also the Sphere company that made the Sphero BB8 is coming out with a BB-9E, which is another (laughs) BB-8 kind of character that's in the movie. That is supposed to be a bad guy droid, let's say. And that's one I also forgot to mention earlier of the ones that I got for my daughter. I got her a Funko version of that droid too. The Sphero company is also putting out an R2-D2 Sphero so that you can kind of control them in the same manner that you control you know, your sphere of BB-8s. So they're kind of venturing out into other shaped (laughs) items, I guess. In this case, you're talking R2, so you can only kind of move him from the legs. It's not a rolling type of device like it was, you know, with these other two. Now, the big figures, the ones I was just talking about before, similar to the uh, 18-inch Praetorian Guard that I got, Jack Specific is putting out others. In that kind of size range, there's a 20-inch Ray, Kylo Ren, the one I just mentioned that I have, First Order Stormtrooper, On the Lego side, they've uh, put out a couple of new ships. There's a Resistance Transport Pod. It's a weird little ship that seems to carry a secondary compartment on the side to seems to be able to move things around. Uh, Maybe this is where Finn is going to be transported somewhere because we see it in the trailer. Possibly that's what they're using. There's a bizarre-looking First Order Walker called the First Order Heavy Scout Walker. And it's a bizarre-looking vehicle for LEGO because you really can't tell exactly what it looks like. It's very odd. It almost looks like a spider with its legs kind of curled up underneath. And perched on top, you have, you know, First Order troopers shooting down and using cannons, almost like an ATST type of thing. But it seems to be moving on maybe eight legs or more. Unusual one. Then you have Kylo Ren's TIE Fighter, which we've seen pictures of this before, not only as a LEGO but as a a regular toy. It looks like to be a combination of a TIE Interceptor and Vader's Advanced X-Wing. You know, it's it's got that shape. It's got those triangular shapes, but it also has Vader's uh, TIE Fighter kind of dimensions. There's the Resistance Bomber. Now, this is an interesting one because we definitely do see a whole bunch of these on the trailer. It's these ships that seem to have a rudder in the bottom, if you will. <laughs> it has wings. But then it has this long rudder that goes down. It reminds me a little bit of the the medical frigates that had that rudder-looking thing underneath. There's the First Order Assault Walker. Now, this is also, I think, nicknamed the Gorilla Walkers. We've seen pictures. We kind of understand what they are now. They're similar to the Adats, much, much bigger. And instead of the flat feet in the front, they seem to have what would be equated to Gorilla Knuckles. It seems to be walking on its knuckles. So I wonder if it's capable of some additional movement that we haven't seen yet it not only does it have the head guns that we're used to seeing in a typical ad, but it seems to also have guns on top you know of its armor plating there's the first order star destroyer again we haven't seen this one before it's a star destroyer that seems to be obviously huge but very flatter than your typical star destroyer almost a combination of a star destroyer and an executor you know, the, the was it, the Avenger was it was it called? I forget the name of it. Or oh, the Executioner, or the, I think it was the Executor. It doesn't seem to have those large towers that your typical Star Destroyer seems to have and those globes, those those shielding globes. It's much flatter, so I guess it's more aerodynamic and more armored, I guess. And this is supposed to, I think this is supposed to be Snoke's main ship. There's a Canto Bight Police Speeder and Canto Bight Police. This is a weird ship. Which is, this is a new location in the movie. I can barely describe the ship. It's a very minimal ship. It seems to be, uh, I don't think it's a space ship. I think it's more of an atmospheric type of ship. Because it's not an enclosed cockpit. And it has these funky looking wings with very pointy sides, four of them. It looks like a, I can't even describe it. It's like a fork. It's like two forks. It's like you're flying two forks almost. (laughs) Really different. I I can't wait to see this thing in action. This is for the three and three quarter line. There is an A-wing uh, ship with a resistance pilot again this is three and three quarter there's the resistance ski speeder and poe Dameron. now we do see this in the trailer once again it almost looks kind of like a b-wing type of ship and what's unusual that i remember in the trailer they seem to be either skimming or touching or flying in this formation where By them touching the ground barely, it seems to release this red dust. Now, I don't know if they're just skimming the surface and lifting up red dust, or if they are themselves releasing some kind of red dust as they're flying. We are going to find out, you know, when we watch the film. But they they do have a three and three quarter inch uh, ship and figure version of that. A three and three quarter version of Kylo Ren's Thai silencer. Ooh, it's called the silencer. There's a uh, First Order Special Forces TIE Fighter. This is similar to the one they put out before, which is a blackish kind of TIE Fighter with the red stripe. Make them, them you know more of an elite type of thing. There's an X-Wing ship with Poe Dameron. Uh, now, I'm pretty sure they released something like this before for Force Awakens. I could be wrong. But it is the, uh, the, the black and orange version of the X-Wing, of the modern X-Wings. And all these are Force Link activated. So they're special in the three and three quarter line you have a lot of these figures that come by themselves or as sets as we mentioned earlier you have your ray you have your new luke finally you get your luke you have your uh, pilot uh, poe Dameron. you have your finn you have your kylo ren your rose what we mentioned earlier your page now i'm not sure what page is it seems to be a female pilot uh, you see, three PO with now he has a full golden arm. He's relinquished his red arm. Uh, your General Hux and comes with a mouse, Joey. That's kind of neat. Your First Order Stormtrooper. You have a three-pack of Return of the Jedi with the uh, Royal Guard, Luke, and the Emperor. Now in the six-inch Black Series, you have a new Kylo Ren. You have Luke, brand new. You have your new Rey. in the twelve-inch series. Now the twelve-inch Intertech figures. Now these are Hasbro figures that have electronics, so they can talk and light up and that sort of thing. There's a Kylo Ren version. There's a First Order Stormtrooper voice changer mask, which is pretty neat. There's a Poe Dameron Black Series electronic helmet. This is an $80 helmet. I've seen pictures of this. These are very nice. Very, very nice. Especially if you're into cosplay. Man, these things are nice. They're weathered and everything, and they have the electronic features, you know, to change your voice. Really cool. Now, Lego also has the buildable figures that I've gotten a number of them, some for me, some for Kyle. I know that Kyle uh, has gotten some Stormtrooper versions, variations on those type of figures. And I know I did the K2 on B because they never put out one of the size, the, you know, the footlong size that I was looking for, unless you have bought that special target one, which I wasn't about to spend money on. Well, they're putting out a couple of new ones. They have a, a, a new Ray. They have a Chewbacca for the first time. There's the Elite Praetorian Guard. Here we go again. Here's a nice one. It's, all, it's unfortunately 25 bucks, And this is the one that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's the one with the, the overbite helmet. The one with the, the cap is way extended uh, below the faceplate. Really nice looking. And these are excellent for stormtroopers because they're very robotic looking. And I love that when they do that. Now you want to spend some serious dough on Legos. There is a $100 BB-8. My God, this thing is big. But unfortunately, that is not even the tip of the spear. In Funko World, as I mentioned earlier, there's a couple of Funkos I got for Amanda. There's also a Petroleum Guard for Funko. I don't think I'm going to be getting that one. But the, the droid that I did get, and I said before, was the bb 9 a Cute little evil droid from what I understand. Lots of other Funkos. Just if you can just think of a character that's coming, it's it's there. The one thing I like to mention is the pork that I bought. There's apparently two versions of it. One of them is the pork with the mouth closed, and the other one is the pork with the mouth open. <laughs> that looks a little more threatening than the first one. They have a, a lot of those little. I don't know if they're called titaniums, but they're the smaller ships, the ones, the little tiny ones. They're they're putting out just about every main ship. Uh, you know, that the movie came with now a couple of other figure sets for three and three quarter there's a vader and a probe droid set this is another one of these two packs uh, i'm not sure exactly how much we're dying for a probe droid i wouldn't mind getting it I to tell you the truth if uh, they ever put it on clearance because i'm a little bit of a fan of the probe droid <laughs> especially since i spot you know we finally saw one uh, in proportion in real proportions when we watched uh, rogue one from force awakens there's the uh, the ranthar and one of the goons, <laughs> the guy that comes after Solo. Solo, what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. That guy. That's another special, you know, a creature character two-pack. The other thing that uh they just apparently released, I haven't seen any of them except for one. The Revell company, the ones that makes those models. Remember when models used to build them and color them and paint them and sand them and do all this crazy stuff to them? Well, now they are just snap assembly and they're done. And they also have electronics built into them, sound and uh, light sometimes. Well, there's four new ones for your collection, if you so desire. You have an A-wing. You have Kylo Ren's new ship. You have this funky, weird AT-AT that I talked about earlier, this, this monster size AT-AT with the Gorilla Knuckles, and another X-Wing, the black and orange one from Poe. So, you know, be on the lookout for those. The A-Wing is the one that's exclusive to Target. So if you're looking for that, that's where you got to go. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to Jag specific, which is that company I told you about that does the super larger sets. Another one of these uh, 19 or 20 inch figures that I was talking about is another version of the one that I have. But again, different helmet. He has the overbite helmet and he has uh, different weapons. Weapons that are blades that you can snap them separate and use one in each hand if necessary. So that would be a nice one also to find at some point. The differences between the actual figures seems to be more having to do with which weapons they come with. The overbite helmet one is the one that apparently comes with those two blades that could be separated and used the standard one the one that i purchased comes with either the long blade that you have to assemble or a three bladed one where you can kind of pick from three different blades to assemble you know you get to select which one you want or the single blade one which is the one that i got so it's it's kind of interesting how they're kind of mixing and matching a little bit so there seems to be a variations on this size, depending on where you buy them. Walmart, Target, Toys R Us, they will have different weapons and different helmets. So that's something to, you know, make me completely, you know, nuts <laughs> trying to figure out what's what. But it happens. They do that all the time. Now another one that I ordered, which was through Amazon, and that is another one of these Petroleum Guards in the six-inch uh, line. You know, just to have a slightly different one, but I have a feeling it might be almost exactly like the large one I got. There is another uh, way that I that I got uh, something Petriorian Guard related, and that is titanium helmets. I collect the titanium helmets for a while now, and I kind of knew that we had coming a Luke Skywalker X-wing helmet along with TIE Fighter pilot helmet, you know, original trilogy. They finally announced uh, they're coming before the end of the year. They're part of this wave that, that it's coming. However, the thing we didn't know at the time was that it was going to be an exclusive GameStop item. So I ordered them uh, from GameStop. Haven't arrived yet. They should be here soon. The other one I, all of a sudden I found on the internet that was popping up was a Praetorian Guard <laughs> helmet to go along with a first order flame trooper helmet very nice flame trooper now the praetorian guard helmet is the overbite one the one that's very large didn't know these were coming but here's the catch best buy exclusive so there is the possibility now that if you're a helmet collector if you're a titanium helmet collector we might be heading down the unfortunately the exclusive route and that Could be a good or a bad sign. It could be a good sign because this way you know exactly where to get them and how to order them when they start popping. And that is if they make maybe two a year. Two a year is a nice number. I like two a year. Two a year is pretty good. But it also could be a bad sign. It could be that the sales are not going well, you know, in the general market. So instead, they're going to focus on getting rid of whatever they have or whatever's left of their contract, I guess, and do them through exclusive vendors. So it's a little uh, mixed blessing here what direction they're going to go with those going back to lego now and i mentioned earlier if you think a hundred dollar bb8 lego set is peanuts you could also buy for get this 799 dollars. you did not hear me wrong i said 790 800 bucks for 800 bucks You can order a Millennium Falcon, the UCS Millennium Falcon set. It has 7,541 pieces. This is huge. The complete built thing is probably the size of half a dining room table. (laughs) Or maybe a full dining room table. I don't know. A small dining room table. It is a huge set. I couldn't... uh, I couldn't even imagine something like that. You know, owning it, affording it, building it. That thing will take forever (laughs) to put together 7,541 pieces. I mean, it is just a monster. Good luck to those who are getting it. (laughs) That is just insane. Now, another four-pack that I want to talk about. It's a six-inch four-pack of the history, I guess, of the Royal Guards. Uh, You have a coruscant blue-robed chancellor <laughs> palpatine guard if you remember those from uh, from the prequels you have then your traditional red emperor's royal guard then you have what i guess it's part of the expanded universe a royal guard that is all black and it's supposed to be i think from the emperor's shadow guard again this is all eu that i don't understand and a more modern Praetorian Guard with the overbite cap. This is a four-figure set. You know, it's a tough one because it's like, if you just want one of those figures, you got to buy the whole thing. I hate it when they do that. There's an Obi-Wan also sold by itself. That is uh, kind of half-translucid Obi-Wan. So it's kind of like a ghost of Obi-Wan, kind of. There's a Snoke, we talked about it earlier, that comes with, uh, I guess, some kind of throne Another cute little set that they have, and this is a Disney Park exclusive, it's the Droid Factory BB Series 4-pack, and this includes BB-8, this new BB-9-something, and two other bb Droids, And from what I understand, some of them are in the movie in terms of uh, some of them are rebel versions. So we are going to be seeing more BB units in uh, in f- in this and future movies, I guess. Because I-, I don't know, maybe the BBs are the standard droid now. The astromechs maybe are kind of not as popular as they used to be. So it's kind of nice to see the progression of the technology of droids. You know, how they kind of change, you know, from trilogy to trilogy, you know, as has much models take over for older models and that sort of thing so that's kind of cute it is a a theme park exclusive the final thing i want to mention that i did see but i couldn't pick up they're too expensive and i know they had uh, exclusive san diego comic-con versions of this was the luke skywalker landspeeder with the poncho gilligan hat luke this is a set that uh, i remember they they i was able to see it when i went to celebration as a on display it is a gorgeous 6 inch version of not only the luke but the landspeeder and the landspeeder has so many cool little features where you can open up the hood Look under the hood, look at the instruments, look at the seat, look at the all the detail they put on it. It's really beautiful. Unfortunately, the regular version of it is about $60, so it is a little too expensive for my taste. Uh, and they also have a Grand Emerald Thrawn with a whole bunch of... Uh, stuff from like his office let's say all the decorations and all the trophies that he has they are also putting out a version of that out and the other one they also had was a jacku speeder and array from force awakens that was also one of these you know kind of expensive ones uh that they had out there the only thing i didn't see too much of and i haven't really uh gone to some of the other stores yet i should try Kohl's because i understand Kohl's probably get some stuff too is uh clothing apparel I haven't seen too many shirts or hats or anything on that matter yet. Um, but keep in mind, there's a whole other wave coming right around the time uh, of the movie. I think it's going to be sometime in November when the next wave will probably start hitting the stores. Uh, this way it's there for the Christmas rush and the pre-movie rush, obviously. Because the movie is coming around Christmas. So I'm going to have to start checking to see, you know, apparel-wise what's out there now. There's a few things, don't get me wrong. You can go into Walmart and they have a few Last Jedi type of shirts. But I remember there was seemed to be a much, much bigger push with Force Awakens as far as the, the apparel side went. But like I said... I have to go out there. It's only been a few days right now. So we'll see what else is out there. So hopefully this gives you a little peek into wh- how they are approaching the mass marketing of The Last Jedi. And uh, helps you maybe determine which items are you going to go look for? Where are you going to hunt them down? How many are you going to just order online? Because online ordering seems to be <laughs> a very big uh, method of get, trying to finally find these things. And especially when you're dealing with exclusives, you don't have the time you know, many times to be able to run around with all these different stores. It's like, no, you what? just order them directly from the manufacturer or from the retailer. And, you know, if they do have that, it's much easier than having to go and see, is it, is it there? Is it there? Is it there? Is it not there? Is it there? You know, that kind of running back and forth. It's bad enough having to do that with your local stores, you know, your Walmarts and your, and your Toys R Uses. But when you do know for a fact that this particular store, you know, has it, you know what, order it online. The extra three or four bucks for shipping that you're going to end up paying, it's worth it in terms of the hassle of having to go there and the money you're going to probably spend on gas. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed our Force Friday coverage. As you can uh, probably uh, see by, you know, if you guys go look on the the internet, there is a lot of stuff out there. I mentioned most of the stuff that's primarily interesting to me, you know, most of it action figure related, that sort of thing. But there's tons of other stuff out there You know, different type of lines and things like that having to do with The Last Jedi. And like we mentioned earlier, there's more coming. Don't worry, there's a ton more coming. This might not be exactly, you know, Force Awakens size, you know, marketing push, but there's a nice hefty chunk of stuff. And as you've heard, I'm, uh, you know, I'm all for it. I like it. I've seen some interesting things, so, you know, I can't wait for the next wave. And I hope you guys also enjoyed our Dream Control movies segment. Uh, A lot of these movies, you know, still, I love them. I watch them every now and then. And because some of these are kind of old and kind of like off-the-radar type of films, you know, people my age might be familiar with them. But people younger, you know, they might not have seen Dreamscape or even The Cell. The Cell was... uh, Kind of like a quiet movie, I think. It didn't make too much of a hubbub. You know, the director went on to do some other stuff, but it's it's really good. And it is really good, and it's very artsy, and the visuals are something else. So, until next time, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and we will see you here soon at GeekFest Rants. Bye-bye, everybody. Force is in your hands like never before. Use the Force Link to activate real movie phrases. The darkness guides me. And battle action sounds. Connect to over 30 Force Link figures and power up the TIE silencer with lights and sounds. Control your epic Star Wars adventures. Now the Star Wars Galaxy answers to you. Force Link Band comes with one figure. Other figures and vehicles each sold separately. Batteries not included.